Podcast One Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thank you for your company. Let's check what's making news this Wednesday, the 25th of November. Well, the borders are open with Anastasia Palaszczuk saying Queensland is good to go and it's just in time for Christmas. The Premier yesterday announced it will reopen its borders to all New South Wales residents from the 1st of December, with a similar decision expected today for Victorians. After shutting its border for more than four months, the movie is set to add an estimated $20 million a day into the Sunshine State economy by the end of the year. Just hours after yesterday's long-awaited decision, demand on the travel website would have surged more than 140% for Queensland holiday getaways. Our reporter, Amy Drew, has more from Brisbane. Well, the airlines have been very quick to jump into gear after Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk's announcement, and all that's left now is to get some bums in those seats. From December 1, Qantas and Virgin Australia will be operating more than 250 return weekly flights from Sydney across seven Sunshine State destinations, including the Gold Coast, the Whit Sundays, and Cairns, who have been critically impacted by the pandemic. I spoke to CEO of the Queensland Tourism Industry Council, Daniel Gushwind, who has described the move as an absolute Christmas miracle. <laughs> yes, we can call it that. It's certainly a long-anticipated announcement and certainly an early Christmas present to the industry and also to the state of Queensland and every single person who lives here and to the Sydney siders who can now come and enjoy Queensland with us. Next on the agenda is opening the border to Victorian visitors. The Premier to make an announcement on that today. And after a long border standoff between Anastasia Palaszczuk and Gladys Berejiklian, there was a cheeky response about the decision from the New South Wales Tourism Minister, Stuart Ayres. I think it's more about Queenslanders finally being able to escape Queensland. Um, Come on down to New South Wales, enjoy the harbour, enjoy the wonderful beaches, enjoy getting away from Anastasia Palaszczuk. Meantime, more COVID restrictions are set to ease across New South Wales, giving a much-needed boost for small hospitality venues. The New South Wales government is today expected to announce from December 1 businesses will be able to operate under a one-person per two-square-metre rule. The push is also on to get more workers back into city offices with public health orders that allow people to work from home where reasonably practical to be scrapped. While just in time for Christmas, up to 30 people will be allowed inside your home and outdoor gatherings are set to be increased to 50 people. Overseas now and British authorities are set to cut the two-week quarantine period for residents from COVID hotspots to just five days. Despite a jump in infection rates, the push is on to make it easier for people to travel, to help struggling industries and to save jobs. But they'll have to pay for their own COVID test before getting the tick of approval. And while there's no official concession as yet from the US President Donald Trump, it seems the transition may be a step closer. Mr Trump has given the federal agency in charge of the process to start initial protocols the go-ahead to hand over the top job to Joe Biden. And Elon Musk has overtaken Bill Gates to become the second richest person in the world. The Bloomberg list of billionaires has revealed the 49-year-old Tesla CEO is now worth an estimated $128 billion. 
while sitting in the top spot after a massive increase in online sales during the COVID pandemic is Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos. He's now worth around $182 billion. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning. Victoria has announced a spending spree in its latest state budget to try and kickstart the local economy. But it's been slammed with not enough support for local vital infrastructure. Our reporter, James Lake, has the details. Thanks, Tash. Well, the Andrews State Government is in hot water over yesterday's new budget. Not exactly for what was in it, but what was missing. Details were omitted, which would have revealed the expenditure on infrastructure projects, many across our state, which are already knowingly behind schedule and also running over budget. Budget Paper 4 normally outlines capital works, both new projects and the cost of those that are almost finished. The state opposition is now accusing the government of covering up an embarrassing litany of project blowouts and delays for Victoria. In Adelaide, the pizza bar worker whose actions allegedly sent South Australia into that hard lockdown has released a statement through his lawyers. Our reporter, James Royce, has the latest. Tash, the 36-year-old Spaniard at the centre of this saga is still being investigated by police for deliberately misleading contact traces. Essentially, he told SA Health he was just a customer at the Woodville Pizza Bar when, in fact, he worked at the restaurant with others who were sick. Now, his lawyer, Scott Gelbert, has released a statement on his behalf saying... He's extremely remorseful and deeply sorry for any part that his conduct had in the unnecessary lockdowns. Now, this all comes as two additional cases are linked to the city's Parafield cluster. It's now out to 29 cases. The good news, though, is there's still no evidence of community transmission. Now for the latest in business and finance news this Wednesday morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, Editor-at-Large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. Some interesting news about stamp duty from Victoria. Yeah, good morning, Tash. As part of the state budget where they're splashing mega money to get the economy moving, there are massive stamp duty discounts, up to 50% on stamp duty for newly built or off-the-plan homes that are valued under a million dollars, and that's until June 30 next year. Existing homes will be eligible for a 25% uh, waiver. Now, it's all part of their 500 million Victoria home buying fund, and um, the government hopes that uh, this discount will be exactly what it needs. To, to boost the housing supply and stimulate their um, uh, mortgage market. Now, it does follow, interestingly, New South Wales now abolishing or in discussions uh, to, to abolish stamp duty in favour of land tax. But look, the devil is in the detail because while it sounds amazing, yes, let's get rid of uh, um, stamp duty in favour of land tax, is it? And it does depend on the value of property. So some analysis by Cancer showed that, and under the current proposal, they're saying $500 flat rate, plus 0.3% for owner-occupiers is what you'd pay. If you're buying a million-dollar home, you'd be faced with costs of over 63000 Now, if you do compare that to stamp duty, it's only around 40000 So the devil's in the detail. It is indeed always, Effie. An interesting comment today from a competitor of Afterpay. Yeah, Klarna. Now, there's no denying Buy Now, Pay Later brings in plenty of business for retailers, but one of their pet peeves has got to be the merchant fees that they've got to pay them. Now, as reported in the Financial Review this morning, Afterpay's rival Klarna is urging the Reserve Bank to regulate pricing in the Buy Now, Pay Later market, and that includes capping merchant fees. So Afterpay's average fee charged to merchants is about 4% of the cost of goods sold. 
Now, when you use your credit card or debit card, it's a lot cheaper. It's probably less than about 1%. Now, Klarna's average merchant fee is about 2%. So what they're saying is that they need to actually regulate this. Now, given merchant fees make more than 80% of Afterpay's revenue, I'd say it's not only retailers that are going to be watching this space, but investors as well, because it is going to be a risk for the stock price, which has been a darling. It closed yesterday at $101.14. That's Afterpay. Hard to believe that this was only just $8.90 back on the 23rd of March this year. Extraordinary. Effie, another great day for the Australian Stock Exchange. Yeah, we're having a great one. And as we've just looked overseas now, the Dow Jones actually uh, crashed through that 300,000 mark for the first time. And that was shortly before midday their time. Now, what we're seeing here is the ASX 200 closed nicely yesterday, um, sitting at 7,162 points. Now, that's just 518 points off its all-time high, which was back in February 20, before the pandemic broke out. And of course, this is based on vaccine hopes, the the opening of the number of domestic borders, as we saw yesterday with uh, Queensland, um, and and a number of other ways as well, what's happening in the the US. Now, travel stocks obviously were um, the highlight, Webjet up, Qantas up, and so on. And I think we're in for a pretty good day. If you're looking at uh, the ASX futures, they're up 29 points earlier this morning, so should be off to a good start this morning as well. Good news, Effie. Thank you. Now let's check spot with Brett Thomas and Brett. Steve Smith has found his hands in the lead up to the summer of crickets against India. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. Steve Smith says that he's found his hands again. Now, he didn't lose them to frostbite or some unfortunate gardening incident, but the positioning of his uh, hands on the bat handle didn't feel comfortable. He's been searching for that the past three or four months. Hasn't felt right since returning from the COVID lockdown, but it's back after a lot of training and a lot of preparation, and that is perfect timing in the lead-up, as you said, to the summer of cricket against India. People, I guess, close to me that know me well, um, I've, I've sort of found my hand the last few days which is extremely excited about theoretically it is a simple thing but it's just getting that that feel and the look of the bat behind my toe the right way and the way my hands come up on the bat first one day a friday night at the scg and the women's big bash league semi-finals kick off tonight as well tash we've got uh, the stars against the scorchers tomorrow night it's the heat against the thunder And Brett, the Wallabies are getting creative as they try and move on from that disappointing draw against Argentina. Yes, very, very flat after that result uh, in Newcastle over the weekend, Tash. Uh, They were leading 15-6. They thought they had the Pumas on toast. They came back to draw that one. Now, of course, if we had have won and then beat them again uh, next coming Saturday, then we would have claimed the Tri-Nations trophy. Not to be, but they are on the rebound and they get a chance to take them on again, as I mentioned. Assistant coach Scott Wisemantle says that the squad has been given the task of forensically going through that draw. We broke the game down into 20-minute quarters and throughout the whole squad, they each were given a 20-minute portion. They then had to review what was good, what was poor, how we could manage it, as well as that they had the... uh, had the advantage of the stats. And James O'Connor will be back as well. He's had a knee and a foot issue as well, so that's good news for the Wallabies. And this schoolboy is sensational, and there's now a battle between two NRL heavyweights to sign him up. 
Yeah, that's uh, Joseph Suwali. Now, both rugby codes are keen on him. He is contracted to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He has another year to go on that. Just 17, hasn't played a professional game. He wants a release from that contract to join the Rabbitohs, their arch enemy. But uh, the Bunnies won't let him go without a fight. They're demanding Daniel Tupo in return. He's an established star winger. He's played 175 NRL games. And league legend Mark Guy says that that won't be happening. Yeah, it's, just, it's getting, come on. It's getting laborious. I mean, as if Tupu is going to be lost to the Roosters and after being one of the top two wingers in Australia at the moment, in the world, him and, him and Ado Cara are the two at the top of the tree. I would not be letting him go for all the money in the world. Yeah, a lot of hype for a 17-year-old kid that hasn't played a professional game against men as yet. Yeah, no pressure there. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details now and a little warning that heatwave conditions are expected to hit many parts of the country by the end of the week and into the weekend. But let's check the weather details and the temperatures now for this Wednesday morning around Australia. Firstly to Brisbane, possible morning shower expected with the top of 27 on the way. 25 and partly cloudy today for Sydney, a top of 29 and sunny for Melbourne, partly cloudy for Canberra, 25. Partly cloudy conditions also expected today for Hobart with a top of 28, sunny and 33 for Adelaide. The cloudy conditions should clear for Perth with a top of 29 and a possible shower or afternoon storm expected for Darwin today with a top of 35. And it's time to check the pool room and pays to keep things in mint condition. An unopened copy of a Super Mario game has set a record at auction for the highest price ever paid for a video game. It went under the hammer in Dallas for 213000 Aussie dollars. That's $50,000 more than the previous record. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed every weekday morning from 6.30am. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.